0: I speak through the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The choir sang beautifully the appointed Psalm 22, the first verse of the psalm. Even Jesus reciting this psalm while he was on the cross. With such haunting melody, you sang, my God, My God, look upon me. Why hast thou forsaken me? And art so far from my health and from the words of my complaint. And then on the other side, Job is presenting his plea before God. Today also my complaint is bitter. My hand is heavy on account of my groaning. Then in the Gospel. You know, we live in the United States. We have a lot of large churches, a lot of uh, evangelists who talk about the prosperity theology. If you believe in Jesus, your stocks and bonds will grow, grow, grow. And you will be wealthy. But here in the gospel, Jesus talks about we are the people who follow the cross of Jesus amidst all trials and tribulations of life, like Job, we can question God, we can argue with God, but at the end, as Job will say, the theme of this reading from Job's book is Jesus Christ is our hope. Nothing can separate us from the love Of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Job. I'm glad your rector has decided to study the book of Job, usually in the Episcopal churches. I've been a rector for 44 years. Most of those years, at least I remember, I preached on the gospel. But I'm glad because Old Testament, if you read the gospels, Jesus refers again and again to the Old Testament. That is our foundation on which the new law and the gospel is built. So I'm glad that your rector and your uh, uh, assistant rector Josh, Father Josh Greta has decided to teach you about the book of Job and last Sunday I on your YouTube I heard father greater preaching and he did a fabulous sermon on reading from the book of Job he raised themes like amidst storms of life how not to lose hope that remains how we can remain faithful to God although it is difficult to trust God that is mine and your human experience although it is difficult to trust God when we are thrown curveballs in our lives that when we were not expecting nor did we want. Yes, all of a sudden, disaster after disaster, filled with such bad news, happened in Job's life. Total crash of his financial portfolio, stocks and bonds. Blown with the wind and the whole family annihilated. Finished. Nothing is spared in his life. His own body is touched by Satan and have boils all over his body and is scratching and is in great misery, suffering. Trusting God in all these circumstances isn't easy, especially in the midst of hard times. But that is what we learn life of Job and other people in the book of Daniel. In the midst of the hard times, still they look towards God as their hope and their salvation no matter how prosperous we are how much medically an advanced nation we are in the united states of america we still cannot guarantee that we will face next year next month or even what we will face today as the greatest superpower of the world we did not know if our nation and the world will be facing covid-19 pandemic we had never guaranteed an easy breezy life instead only when our hearts desire align with that of our maker's will those desires be given to us Psalmist in Psalm 37 verse 4 says, and I quote, Take delight, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you desires of your heart. Before I preach on the text from Job twenty-third, I would briefly like to give short introduction of this book, Job is one of the oldest book of Old Testament, probably written 2,000 years before the birth of Jesus Christ in the time of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Some people have heard over the years that Job was a fictitious character. Those who always believe in the authenticity of the word of God. Sometime in the Episcopal Church, we have been encouraging teaching like L-I-T-E, light Christianity. And I was talking yesterday, I said, it's kind of like drinking skim milk. And that's the result. You know, everything, this may be not, you know, in the Bible it was added later on. No, this is the revealed word of God, eternal truth. Job was an historical figure in the Bible. We read it in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 14, verse 14, and then in 20, Job is linked with the other two Old Testament characters, Noah and Daniel. And in the New Testament, in the epistle of James, in chapter 5, verse 11 mentions Job as historical figure. In the first chapter of Job, we learn that he was to be the greatest, that's what, you read chapter 1, And you read this in verse 8. Job was one of the greatest of all people of the East. And then we read in verse 1 to 5. He was pious believer in Yahweh. One feared God, shunned evil, and was blameless and upright. We also learn... Job showed deep, deep concern for the spiritual welfare of his children. He was a family man. That's what the Bible encourages us. This means for us to sacrificing time each day to ask God. We ask God to bless our children, to forgive them and to help them to grow and to protect them even if some turn away from god when they are older we must never give up on them that's what when I was studying this week the book of job i learned but myself i have a middle son whom i call i can call a prodigal son and i pray my wife prays every day god to protect him and bring him back to god and bring him back to us Satan here in this story, Job, in the book of Job, goes before God and blames Job that he is only faithful to you because you have blessed him with prosperity and health and wealth and with a beautiful family. He said, let me touch him and bring adversity upon him and God you shall see that he will deny you, he will blame you, he will curse you. We learn in the Bible, Satan's role is to be an accuser. We read about Satan's character in the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, in chapter 12, verse 10, for the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down, thrown down, defeated. This is where the gospel comes in. This is where the good news comes. And this is where the truth of the gospel comes, that our accuser has been defeated because Jesus Christ has won victory and defeated hell and death and broke the powers and the bonds of death and, is won, and has rose victoriously from the grave. Jesus is now our advocate and intercedes for us before the Father. Jesus told Peter before Jesus was crucified that Satan had done something eerily similar to what Satan did to his man, Job. And I quote from Luke's Gospel, chapter 22, Jesus said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as a wheat. In response, Jesus acted as an advocate, intercessor on Peter's behalf, and we read in Luke chapter 22, and I quote, and Jesus said, But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. That's what Job is dealing with. His wife is telling him to deny God, curse God. His friends are saying, You've committed some heinous crime or sin, you're hiding. Go, repent. Here, is the good news again. Just like high priest entered the presence of God to intercede in the tabernacle made with hands, Jesus now intercedes in the very presence of the Father himself in heaven to advocate and intercede on our behalf where he is now seated on the right hand of the Father. We read it in the book of a a letter to the church in Rome, Romans chapter 8, verse 33. And then further it said in chapter 8, there's no one to condemn God's elect. The answer is there is none who can condemn God's elect, including Satan. Why? Because if it is Jesus Christ, who died? That's what uh, St. Paul says to the church. Because it is Jesus Christ who died and furthermore is also risen uh, 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 who is seen at the right hand of the Father who makes intercession. He is our propitiation. He prays for our welfare every moment of our lives. You who live in Florida, no better than us who live in other parts of the Midwest about storms and hurricanes. A hurricane can cut and tear, and only solid foundations survive its unbridled fury. But those foundations can be used again for rebuilding after the storm, when there's a strong foundation. For any building, the foundation is critical. It must be deep enough and solid enough to withstand of the building and other stresses. Lives are like buildings. And the quality of each one's foundation will determine the quality if when the storms come in our lives that it will stand firm because Jesus Christ is the foundation. If inferior materials are used, lives crumble when tests come. Job was tested. His life was filled with prestige, possessions, and beautiful, flourishing family. He was assaulted on every side devastated stripped down to his foundation he was assaulted on every side but his life had been built on God and he endured here in this passage Joe's friend Alephius gave him beautiful summary of repentance in this chapter 23 this passage we just heard he was cracked that we must ask for God's forgiveness when we sin. His friend think Job is hiding some grave sin in his heart and he must repent. Job knows in his heart, he has not done anything to displease or grieve the Spirit of God. Job here questions God. Right at the beginning of this reading from chapter 23, that his suffering will be more bearable if only he knew why this is happening to him. If there was sin which he could repent, Job was saying that God appeared to be avoiding him and hiding from him the humanity of Jesus at the cross the same way. That has been my own experience in my own life. Many times when I am in distress and challenges and storms come before me or in my, in my life. That has been my personal experience. That God, I feel sometimes, has abandoned me. That's my feelings. That's our human feelings. Job had every right to ask this question to God. However, here in chapter 23, verse 10 is included but in the lectionary, but if you read verse 10, Job expresses his confidence that God knew every detail about his faith journey and would come to rescue him. We need to realize that sometimes our feelings lead us astray. We can always count on God's help. We can always count about his presence amidst our own challenges and sufferings and failings even when we cannot feel he is a faithful companion and his faithfulness endureth. That's what the scripture says. His faithfulness endureth forever. Hallelujah. Yes. That is the story of my brothers and sisters where I've been called to serve in South Sudan. In 50 years of war, The Islamic government of Sudan imposed Sharia law and they forced them to deny the name of Jesus and accept Islam as their faith. They asked them to give up confessing the name of Jesus. That is exactly the experience of the church in the first or second or third century and later on even in the 20th and 21st century in many places all over the world in North, Afro- in North Korea, Nigeria, Pakistan, Iran and many other places, South Sudan. First, second, third century, the Caesar of Rome said, I am Lord, I am divine, So my subjects, every road, led to Rome and said, they will worship me. Jesus is the Lord. But Christians said, no, Jesus is Lord. When Bishop Polycarp, Bishop of Smyrna, at the end of the first century, was brought before the Roman magistrate, and the Roman magistrate said, I pity you, old man, just... Bow before the statue of the Caesar and say, Caesar is the Lord. And Bishop Polycarp looked right in the eyes of the Roman magistrate and said, "See, how can I deny one who has been faithful to me, my savior and my king and my lord for 86 years? No, Jesus Christ is my lord. His body was dragged the streets of Smyrna. And I was there in 2013 standing outside the ancient church of Polycarp in Turkey, in Smyrna, and I was looking at, this is where the martyr's blood was shed, and the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. This is what people in South Sudan were asked, but they kept holding the cross of Christ high, and they kept singing, I have decided, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back no turning back they gave up they gave in the way of the cross of Jesus Christ holding it high close to two million lives four millions were refugees and they went their time of suffering and persecution I remember during that time I've entered many times illegally from the side of Uganda and Kenya into South Sudan where most of our Christians were suffering with a Sudanese bishop and I heard them singing and one of the song I know I heard and it was translated by an American missionary and in English and the words go like this if we are killed the last person and every one of us is gone can you accept that talking to God complaining like Job you who abide with us upon the earth if we no longer exist in the world isn't God who created us we are dying because of the laws of our brothers are trying to impose on us Sharia law that's what they mean They have killed our pastors with a bullet. Jesus Christ, hear me, bear me, me, me. Crying before the throne of God, this suffering church. I'm a feeble person. And I am being killed by the one who's powerful. Oh, good people of Jesus. All they're saying, hear our cry. I heard that cry in 1996 and decided to stand in solidarity with the suffering people and be the voice of the voiceless to seek justice and liberty for Christians in Sudan. It is where God has called me now after serving 37 years as a rector of four Episcopal parishes in Chicago and in Northern Virginia near Washington, D.C and near Charlottesville in Virginia, and Southwest Virginia, and now for 18 years in La Crosse, Wisconsin. I heard their cry of my brothers and sisters, and yes, said yes to the Lord. Yes, I will go and serve among them as their servant bishop to bring hope and healing to them in the name of Jesus Christ my brothers and sisters here at Trinity I invite you to stand as my prayer partners that we together can bring from a land of liberty and freedom a mission of hope and ministry of healing in that land with Job and St. Paul, we can say in all circumstances of our life, nothing can separate us from the love of Jesus, nor hope, nor, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. We are the community of resurrection. We are the people of hope as the disciples of Jesus Christ to the world which is broken and suffering and bring healing and reconciliation in the mighty name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Alleluia! 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 We worship such a Lord and we serve him and is his name I appeal to we my brothers and sisters, in this mission of hope. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to our Trinity Episcopal Church podcast. To find out more about the work God is doing through Trinity, visit us online at trinitybureau.org and follow us on Facebook.